Well, I'd like to welcome you all to the Department of Defense Bloggers Roundtable for Thursday, May 9th, 2013. My name is William Selby with the Office of the Secretary of Defense Public Affairs, and I will be moderating the call today. As part of DOD's observance of Military Spouse Appreciation Day, uh, we are holding the roundtable to discuss efforts to strengthen the education and career opportunities of military spouses. Uh, joining us on the line today is Mega Grady, Manager of Spouse Education and Career Opportunities Program, and Marcus Beauregard, Chief DOD State Liaison Office. Both are from the Office of the, uh, Office of the Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense and Military Community and Family Policy. A note to the bloggers on the line, please remember to clearly state your name and blog or organization in advance of your question. Please respect our guest time and keep your questions succinct and to the point. And if you are not asking a question, we ask that you please place your phone on mute. Uh, with that, Miss uh, O'Grady, if you have opening statement, you can go ahead with that, followed by uh, Mr. Beauregard. If you have an opening statement, you can go ahead with that. Okay, thanks very much. Um, well, welcome to all of you. Very happy to have the opportunity to um, express our appreciation for military spouses, and you are a big part of getting that message out for us. So we very much appreciate the opportunity to talk to you today about the resources, tools, and services that are available for military spouses, not only through the Department of Defense, but through our Military Spouse Employment Partnership and all of the partners, um, over 160 of them, that are, are working to help uh, our military spouses overcome the challenges that they face um, with portable careers. So thank you for having us today, and um, I'm happy to answer your questions. Hi, this is Marcus Beauregard. I First of all, I'd like to echo um, what Meg said about uh, having the opportunity to get the word out. Uh, what we find uh, with our effort working with state governments uh, to change policies, uh, a lot of our work goes um, uh, through the process, and then it takes a while to get out to the uh, to benefit the members and uh, and spouses. And so, uh, anytime we can get the word out to let them know that these things are coming, it's, it's always very important. Uh, just uh, some quick words on what our office is about, because you you may not be familiar with it. Uh, we work with state governments to uh, change uh, policies on uh, ten issues a year. And uh, we ask uh, the different proponents in, within the Department of Defense and also military service organizations and veteran service organizations, what are the top things that we need to deal with? And then uh, we approach uh, state governments, uh, educate legislators primarily, to let them know what we, uh, we find is very important to service members and their families. Uh, this, uh, this year, like last year, licensure came out at the top of the list, probably the, our most important uh, effort. And with that, I'll turn it back over to the moderator so we can answer questions. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, Dale Kissinger, you were first on the line. You can go ahead with your question. Good afternoon. This is Dale Kissinger from MilitaryAvenue.com. Uh, my question uh, really is for uh, Mr. Beauregard uh, concerning the state. Um, I had a tweet from uh, adjoining forces from the First Lady a number of months ago that so far 26 states had adopted measures to help military spouses transfer their license or more easily obtain new ones. Um, has that number increased in that time frame? It certainly has. It's now up to 36 states. 
Can you tell me which 14 are not so that we can tell the rest of the world about why they're not? <laughs> well, in saying which ones are not, I'd also have to tell you which ones are also considering it. And I, what I'd like to do is take that one uh, and see if I could provide you that information through uh, uh, Commander Hallwright, if that's okay with you. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. I, okay. I, you know, and what a great effort. We certainly appreciate it. I'm a retired Air Force with a spouse that moved 18 times, and she was a teacher, and licensing was a big issue. So um, it'd be great to know that. Thank you. Okay. Mr. Selby, you'll help us get that to everybody on the call, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay, and uh, Adriana, you were next. I actually don't have any questions. I'm just here to listen. Thank you so much. Roger that. Karen. Hi. I'm Karen Jowers from Military Times. Just wondered how many spouses have been hired through the MSEP partnership to date? Hi, Karen. This is Meg. Great to talk to you again. Um, we have hired over 43,000 military spouses uh, to date through the Military Spouse Employment Partnership, and we are actually, um, as I said, we have 100, more than 160 partners, and we are actually looking to add more than 30 more this year. Um, our induction ceremony for this year will be in November, so we're really looking forward to um, increasing the number of partners who are committed to hiring military spouses and um, continuing to work to ensure that we can identify all of the great work that our, our partners are doing and, and be able to communicate their success in um, n not only hiring military spouses, but promoting them and, and ensuring that they have career opportunities wherever they might move. Do you have a sense of the top um, career areas that have where spouses have gotten jobs these in these 43,000 positions? We actually, the, um, the main information that we have right now is, is very basic. Um, and as you know, we launched in June of 2011. And so we've worked to kind of get our, get our baseline data. And that data includes uh, how many military spouses the organization employs, how many they hire on a monthly basis by service, how many military spouses they promote, and how many military spouses they've moved within their organization. And then outside of that, we also track how many military spouses have been referred to another partner within the partnership. So often a military spouse may not be able to be employed with that organization for some reason. Perhaps they don't have a branch or a, a job available as that military spouse moves. We encourage our our partners to network and actually um, recommend and refer the military spouses who have been valuable to them to other partners so that they can capitalize on that talent as well. Having said that, um, the question that you ask is one that we get very often and we're working to put some systems in place that will allow us to actually at least um, track the top top three to five um, occupations. As you know, there's over 300 um, occupations that are listed with the Department of Labor, and, and those are the ones that we use. What I can tell you is that through our MyCAA scholarship program, we're able to track very well the programs and occupations that military spouses are interested in, at least within those participants. And we know that um, generally the top three, we track them by week, generally the top three are allied health, um, which would include nursing, it could include skilled nursing, um, para, paraprofessional nursing, it can also include all of the other medical professions, 
um, such as physical therapy, physical therapy assistant, radiologists. So generally we look at allied health as one group, and that's generally our number one occupation that's chosen. Then we have K through 12 education, and then we have childcare. So you can see why Marcus's work is so very important to what we do, because all three of those require licensing and certification in, in some way. And so um, it, it's important to us n not necessarily to steer military spouses to the occupations that are most popular across the board, but to the occupations that they really want to work in and, and allow them to do the, the work that they love as, as they serve as military spouses. Thank you for that, ma'am. Uh, somebody else just joined us during that answer. Can I get your name, please? Anybody join us? Okay, uh, moving along, Bryant Jordan. Hi, thank you very much. Um, last week uh, or so, the White House announced a, a plan to uh, help more veterans, but also spouses find employment. How do you uh, complement each other or overlap? Actually, um, this is Meg again. The Joining Forces Initiative has been a wonderful way. We work together um, very closely, and it's been a wonderful way for us to be able to um, communicate all of the, the tools and resources and services that are available for military spouses. So we work directly with the Joining Forces Initiative. Um, we work with the First Lady's Office in um, sharing our partners as well as um, making recommendations um, for military spouse employment. And it's, it's been a great way for us to um, not only communicate with military families and military spouses, but also to have communities recognize what military families do um, at those places where military families live. So um, the initiative is for us very directly about spouse employment, but it really is about the communities recognizing how military spouses contribute. And um, certainly today as we celebrate Military Spouse Appreciation Day, um, that's one of the messages that we, we want to highlight is that military spouses are working in their communities every day and they contribute greatly wherever they may be. They make a home. So we really appreciate that. I don't want to take up any bit of time, but can you say, I mean, how do you avoid overlapping? Is there certain responsibilities that you take on that they don't, vice versa? Um, I would say that um, we actually have the programs, services, and tools that are available, and the Joining Forces Initiative allows us to have to, to um, they actually facilitate a lot of the connections and provide the support and, and communications that we need to reach out to many of these partners, um, not only on a national level, but within the communities. So they, they really facilitate a lot of the communication and allow us to share our success with a, a much bigger audience audience. Thank you. This is Marcus Borgard. I'd also like to echo that um, we have been working very closely with the Joint Forces Initiative as well on the licensure portion of um, this effort, uh, both for uh, military spouses and for uh, service members, particularly those who are separating from the service. And in, in the same vein, we are the sort of the boots on the ground. We, we do a lot of the uh, work with legislators supporting their efforts in terms of finding them best practices, uh, guiding them on the specifics of what can help, and um, the uh, Joining Forces uh, staff, the First Lady staff, and the White House staff have been very good about reaching out to governors and to um, uh, 
the um, uh, speakers of the House, President Pro Tem of the, the Senate of the, mm -hmm. uh, the state legislature, legislators, legislatures, excuse me, to <laughs> okay. uh, let them know the importance of this issue. Very good. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, Christine Gallagher? Yes. Hi. My name is Christine Gallagher. I'm with the National Military Family Association. Good afternoon, Megan Marcus, and thank you so much for your hard work on behalf of military spouses. Uh, my question looks at um, state legislation specifically, and um, I was wondering if there is a central point where spouses can access, or access licensure legislation for each state at this point, because from what I understand, each state is different in which occupations and professions um, spouses are allowed to kind of take their licenses with them. Um, can you shed light on that? Yes, uh, I would. I would love to be able to tell you today what that URL is and have you go directly to it. Uh -huh. But uh, right now we've we've built it. Okay. It's ready to go, and it's just through going through the staffing process to ensure that we've got all the the appropriate uh, procedural uh, requirements are done for posting something on a website. But uh, that um, that website will be. In, in, or web page will be included on Military One Source, and it will be an interactive map so that a spouse could uh, select a state, and the information will come forward uh, as far as what has changed in that state in terms of the legislation, what that legislation says, what the spouse will need to do to take advantage of that uh, change in the leg in the statute. And then finally, what occupations are covered? Uh, it also covers uh, the um, a a link to the state um, website for applying for a license, and uh, also, um, I think that's as far as we've gotten. We we also provide that for um, for those states where. Uh, nothing has changed in terms of the, the statutory uh, requirements. We still provide uh, a link to the, the state uh, licensure website. Wow, thank you so much. That sounds great, and we look forward to seeing that. Thank you, sir. Uh, was there anybody on the line so far that did not have a chance to ask a question? Hi, this is Lieutenant Walker. Sorry, uh, I did have one question. When does that site go live? When will it go live? That's correct, sir. It, it's um, it's hard to say. It, it's supposed to be. <laughs> it was supposed to have been uh, a couple of days ago. So I'm I'm thinking it, it is. It's getting very very close. Okay, I'll say soon on Twitter. <laughs> Thank you. I, I just checked before we started this, and it it hasn't been put up live yet. And uh, back around to Dale. Yes, um, good afternoon again, Dale, from Military Avenue. Last time I think I talked to Meg, we, we had a question about um, Dodd School. Um, has that not been cracked yet for uh, military spouses to get into the Dodd system and, and be a teacher overseas? Um, actually, Dale, uh, military spouses can access um, the Dodd Schools. DODIA is one of our military spouse employment partners um, through the partnership, and it, it is often um, – 
it's challenging for military spouses to navigate um, some of the federal employment systems. They tend to be a little bit, um, they tend to ask for a little bit more information than perhaps you would see in the private sector. And so we do work with Jodia to identify um, which of those positions are available. Those positions are available publicly on the usajobs.gov website. And military spouses can use their military spouse preference to apply for those jobs, especially when they are overseas. Um, military spouses who are interested in that type of employment can call our Spouse Education and Career Opportunities Career Center through the Military OneSource number, and they are able to work directly with a career counselor who can help them not only apply for the job, but perhaps um, tweak or revise their federal resume and talk to them more about the military spouse preference and how they can use that, um, that preference to apply for Dodd's jobs overseas. I will tell you personally, I've, I, I track some of the federal employment and there are quite a few openings right now within DODEA um, and it just really, it, what it takes is for them to, to be able to um, go in through usajobs.gov and apply or if they want to talk with a military one source SECO career counselor, they can call Military OneSource at 1-800-342-9647. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you, Meg. You're welcome. Thank you again. And uh, Karen. Hi. Um, sorry about another numbers question, but um, in the numbers announced by joining forces last week of the veterans and spouses that have been hired since the effort began, how many of those were military spouses? So Karen, it, it is the same number. We provide the same numbers to joining forces and we actually do provide that number on a, on a monthly basis. So as of the announcement, we had hired more than 43,000 military spouses. I don't have the exact number with me right now. I can um, get back through our, our media folks to get you that number. Um, we do update it on a regular basis and um, the last check that I had, we actually had um, published to date over 1 million jobs on our MSEP jobs career portal. So um, we are making some great progress. I think we will continue to make more um, as we move along and um, the partnership becomes better known. And, you know, a big part of this, um, this process is also educating military spouses that we want them to identify that they're a military spouse because I think there is still some of that stigma that they have experienced in the past where they're afraid to say they're a military spouse because they're afraid that an employer would not want to hire them. So it's not only just working with the partners in that education effort, but it's educating the military spouse population that we have over 160 organizations who value um, all of the skills that they bring to the table. They're resilient, um, they're flexible, they're adaptable, and so we want them to, to talk about that. And again, um, I sound a little bit like a broken record, but we would love for them to call the Military One Source Career Center because we have career counselors who are certified who can help them really translate that value onto a resume and, and help them apply for those jobs. So the only numbers that are tracked for military spouses are through the MSEC that are, that are provided to the joining forces, correct? So, because I, 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 hopefully I'm quoting the right number, but I think I, it was around 290,000 jobs 
for veterans and spouses. So. That's correct. So more than 43,000 of those jobs were um, military spouse jobs. That's correct. And we actually collect those numbers directly from the employers who hire the military spouses. Right, but I think there are members outside of the MSEC mental companies that also hire spouses. So those those are not included, I guess, those are not included in your numbers, obviously. That's correct. We don't um, we don't formally collect data from 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 those organizations who are not part of the partnership. Mm -hmm. Although we certainly encourage um, any organization to recognize the value of military spouses and to um, capitalize upon their value for their organization. And um, we do know that there are many small businesses, local businesses, regional businesses. Um, who are very interested in supporting military spouses at their installations. And so we work with our service, um, our service providers at the military installations to help them reach to those local businesses so that they can also um, provide that support to military spouses and military families. But the, the numbers that we do report are directly from the um, 162 partners that we have in the partnership. Okay. Thank you. And Bryant? Uh, not a question. I just want to ask. I just want to uh, make sure that if you're providing some information, follow-up information on the uh, the website that you had talked about earlier that is not up and running yet. I, I just want to make sure I get on that list. I'll make okay. Sure, I'll make sure you get that uh, sent to you, Brian. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And Christine. Just one one quick question. Um, if spouses have questions about license or portability, can they call uh, Military OneSource and talk to a CECO representative? Absolutely, Christine. Okay. Um, our, our, our career counselors are, are there to really help military spouses with their individual, um, their individual needs. And if those individual needs include licensure and certification, then um, if they don't have the answer, they will track it down and find the answer. So, Perfect. Yes, absolutely. And thanks for what you're doing for military spouses as well. Oh, no problem. <laughs> and actually, Adriana had a question also. Adriana? Hi, I'm Adriana from MSB New Media and Next Gen Mill Spouse. And I had a question, I have like 50 million questions, but I'm going to keep it short. <laughs> um, one of the questions I had uh, pertained to USA Jobs and the civilian, uh, the civilian jobs uh, available through that portal. Um, I know personally as a military spouse, applying through that is, it's a daunting task, but also the hiring process itself is very lengthy. Has anything, have you all looked at any ways of, streamlining that process for military spouses to get them working sooner? Um, Adriana, that's a very good question. The, um, the authority for, for federal jobs is outside of our office, so I, I can't really speak to the policy there. What I can tell you from, from the um, perspective of assisting military spouses in obtaining that employment is that um, we are working very closely with the Office of Personnel Management, OPM, in looking at um, how military spouses are hired and getting that education out to military spouses to tell them really how they can get through the system easily or more easily, I guess I should say. Um, have, I am a federal employee and have been a military spouse, so I can, I can definitely understand the question. Um, so we are really working with OPM to, to ensure that we have the best information available for military spouses and to give them the information that they need for spouse preference. The other part of what we are doing is working within the Department of Defense with our um, civilian 
personnel policy folks who actually can get information to the local installation um, human resources offices. And so if a military spouse comes in for federal employment, and if there isn't any federal employment available, we want those offices to have information about our private organizations and partners who may be hiring in the area so that they can really help and say, well, we may not have federal employment available right now, but here is another resource for you to find employment. It may not be federal government, but it's with the MSEP partnership. And so um, we're really working to ensure that that information is available to them. That would be really very helpful for many of us. So thank you for that. You're welcome. And uh, back on Dale, did you have another question? Uh, no more questions. Just every uh, spouse have a great spouse day tomorrow. <laughs> and Karen? Not at this time. Thanks. Okay. Brian? Uh, just one more that occurs to me. That is um, a good number of spouses are employed uh, on the commissaries, and they are facing some uh, uh, freezes as well right now. Are you are you hearing from them, or what's your sense of uh, what's happening in that area? Absolutely. Actually, um, DECA, which runs our commissaries, is, is a military spouse employment partner, and I will tell you, they report their numbers to us. We actually collect from them quarterly because that's how they actually report their numbers, and they are one of our largest employers within the partnership. So we have not seen a decline in those numbers. Um, certainly, if if there are hiring freezes and, and spouses face challenges that way, then we're able to point them to other parts of the partnership um, to find employment as well. But DECA is a, um, a good partner for us, and they have, um, they have done a, a really wonderful job in ensuring that military spouses in, in every area that they are in um, have the opportunity to, to be employed with them. Okay. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Christine? I have no further questions at the moment. Okay, uh, Adriana, did you have any follow-up? I sure do. Okay. Um, when it comes to uh, military spouses uh, opting out of just traditional employment altogether and moving along the lines of being entrepreneurs, is there any work being done to help kind of get information to mili military spouses about entrepreneurship? And I know I have an LLC in Florida and what that transferability looks like state to state. Um, I know would be of great interest to a lot of us uh, who have started our own business as a way to uh, jumpstart our own careers. Yes, Adriana, that's, that's a great question. Um, we actually um, have looked at entrepreneurship um, education as kind of one of the next phases of the Military Spouse Employment Partnership. And you're exactly right. Military spouses are wonderful entrepreneurs. Even if they're not a, a technically an entrepreneur running their own business, they're certainly running their household. And um, we know that they, they really create opportunities wherever they go. And so we know that there's a great interest in entrepreneurship. We work very closely with um, some of our nonprofit partners to um, get education and information about entrepreneurship to our military spouses. Um, Blue Star Families is one of our military spouse employment partners, and they actually have a, a network um, not only for entrepreneurs but also for uh, health professions and um, Educator. for educators. So um, that's one way that we, we connect military spouses. We actually reach out to the partnership to those folks who are providing information and we leverage those resources for military spouses. We also um, work within the the SECO program to offer mentorship opportunities for military spouses and, and generally um, 
Military spouses who are entrepreneurs are wonderful networkers. And so we have partnered with MillSpouse eMentor, which is an electronic mentoring platform, as well as the Business and Professional Women's Foundation to provide two different types of mentorship programs for military spouses. And you can find those um, those two programs either through MillSpouse eMentor or through the Business Professional Women's Associate or Foundation, excuse me, or you can find them at our SECO website, which is mysico.militaryonesource.mil. And Thank you. Um, the mentoring piece is, is, is um, very important for, for all military spouses, but for entrepreneurs as well. Um, we are reaching out to some organizations that we know um, specifically focus on entrepreneurs, so that's definitely something you can look for within the next year coming from the SECO program. Excellent. If I could add on that, I know speaking with a lot of um, my, my colleagues is the, um, the need for legal advice when it comes to legalities concerning small business and incorporation. So thank you. That's exciting. That is very exciting. Great. Great question. Okay. If, uh, does anybody have any follow-up questions? Um, I just like this is Lieutenant Walker again. I work uh, with William Selby, who's moderating the uh, the call here. I would like to mention that I put all of those links on Twitter um, with context, so you guys can link to all the things that we've been talking about today. Uh, the SECO website, militaryonesource.mills, um, South Employment and Career Opportunities, I believe. Uh, I also link to USA.gov USA for the jobs, your commissary as well. Um, and one other one, but it's all it's all on there. Oh, the Joining Forces Employment uh, section of their website too. So if you're interested, you can go to our Twitter account. It's at DoD Live Mill and uh, get all those links. That's it. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, with that, I'd like to thank everybody for your comments and uh, for your questions today, and thank our guests certainly for their time today. Uh, Mr. Grady uh, or Mr. Beauregard, did you have uh, any comments to close with today? Uh, sure. Uh, the one thing I, I just want to, um, to emphasize in our work on this uh, licensure business with state governments is that uh, through it, we, we don't ask states to change their standards. We expect that military spouses will continue to uh, meet the standards of the states. Uh, it's equally for their own protection as well as the protection of the, um, the uh, citizens of the state. We don't want to degrade in any way the quality of their license. And so everything that we've worked on has been to expedite the process so that spouses can get their licenses quicker. And uh, that seems to have helped in terms of of getting the um, also buy-in by the states to uh, consider uh, changing their processes to accommodate spouses. Thank you. Roger, sir. Thank you. Um, this is Meg. I, I would just um, like to say one once more that um, really appreciate the opportunity uh, to talk to you all and the opportunity to say how much we appreciate military spouses. Certainly we appreciate them all year long. We're very happy to have um, a focus uh, tomorrow to to be able to thank them specifically. You know, they, they do serve as, as mom and dad. Um, they certainly 
support their entire household, but they can contribute to their communities, um, both in volunteer positions and employed positions. Uh, not only that, but they provide wonderful support to each other, and um, their support of their family allows our service members to go and, and do the wonderful things that they do to, um, to protect our nation and, and to continue to um, provide service to our nation. So thank you again for the opportunity to appreciate them, and thank you all so much for providing us um, with a voice to uh, share with them some of the resources, programs, and services that are available to them. Thank you, ma'am, and thank you very much, sir. Uh, today's program will be available online at dodlive.mil, and as Lieutenant Walker said, you can check out our Twitter for all the uh, links that you may need. Uh, there, I will have a audio file on the blog post that I will be uh, putting up today. So with that, I'd like to thank everybody again, and that concludes today's call. Feel free to disconnect at any time.